This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown, and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to this week's edition of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris. Um, and we've got a uh, we've got a show for you today. Um, a little bittersweet of a show, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, before we get into everything, Nick, how's it going? Uh, going pretty good. Uh, ready to get into it. I uh, saw you fired off a lot of crystal balls yesterday. I'm excited to talk about those. Yeah, it's um, you know I looked at my 23 crystal ball record and I had like four picks in, um, and I think like three of them were already committed. So. Um, you know, we need. I needed to get some some more picks in. Um, I've been probably when I first started on this job, I was probably too loose with the way I crystal balled, and then in the last year or so, I think I probably got too tight with the way I crystal balled. Um, so I'm trying to find a happy medium there, and uh, to be able to um, use the crystal ball to indicate the future, but um, not really tie myself to it in a way that like. I, I, I guess I don't want it to be where, you know, you put a crystal ball in in March and something happened in November. So, you you know, it's it's yeah. it's just, a, you know how that deal goes. So um, we also have PTSD from the 2022 class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit about the, the crystal ball article I put down. Um, I think I put five new picks in. Uh, I talked about um, a few other guys that I thought I was getting warm on um, and, and things like that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Texas philosophy this year because I think, um, not really by design, but I just think that something a, a little bit changed in the Texas recruiting philosophy, um, and that uh, you know we'll see kind of how it bears out within this class, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about this weekend's uh, Under Armour camp uh, in Dallas. So let's jump right in on the crystal ball side. Uh, five new picks uh, for me. Andre Kojo, the, the Mansfield Timberview offensive lineman with a confidence level of six. Jamal Shaw, the West Orange Stark athlete with confidence level of seven. Jaden Chapman, the Harker Heights offensive lineman with a confidence of five. Samu Tomanu Pepe, I think I did that right, from Atascacita, the big 380-pound uh, defensive tackle with confidence of five. And Avian Carter from Amarillo Tuscosa with confidence of six. Um, let's start with Kojo. Tech, like uh, this is going to be kind of a, a theme of this article is that Texas is in a, a good spot with a lot of offensive linemen because they were really aggressive in offering a lot of these guys first. Andre Kojo was one of those guys, um, you know, talking to him a couple weeks ago at the NLA camp. 
I think that he wants to, you know, enjoy his experience a little bit and, and take trips and do all the fun stuff recruits get to do. But if you listen to him, I, I think it's pretty clear Texas um, holds the lead there. Um, you know, when I asked him kind of what schools, um, he, he mentioned uh, Houston and TCU is like the other schools with Texas at the, at the moment. But I asked him if those three schools were like locks to get official visits. He said only Texas was a lock at this point to get an official visit. Um, I think uh, as long and, – and this is the, the this is the story with early crystal balls, right? This is kind of what I worry about is, um, you know, numbers change. If they get other guys in front of him, then, you know, his situation may change and they may not have room for him. And so, um, you know, if you put one in early, you've got to always be factoring the math and, and how that comes in. But I think as long as Texas continues to have a spot for Andre Kojo um, – you know, he, he, I, I feel that that's the thing. Yeah, I agree. Texas was the first to offer Kyle flood identified him. Um, I believe that was last winter, uh, went ahead and threw out that offer and, uh, he's been able to build a really strong relationship with Kojo and his mom since, uh, now Kojo is a year young. If you're talking about like where he is in his grade. So whatever college program he goes to, he's going to need a little bit of developing and he's aware of that. And, you know, that's something he likes to talk about with college coaches. Um, so he's planning on going into a college year one, red shirting, getting that development. And uh, he, he sees a really good development plan under Kyle Flood. You know, I also like where Texas is at with Kojo. Uh, Jamal Shaw from West Orange Stark, you know, I, Nick and I both talked to him pretty quickly after he got his offer. And uh, I don't think he could he could really hide his excitement. I think uh, Texas is looking at him as a corner um, or a defensive back of some sort. Uh, but he could also play on the offensive side of the ball. His brother, uh, Johnny Shaw, was a former Texas commit who ended up at Louisiana Tech. I think he was, yeah, I believe he was committed in uh, Mac's last class going into Charlie's uh, first class. So, um, I think Charlie cut cut all those guys loose. Uh, Charlie Strong did when he took the job, but uh, yeah, his brother was was committed. Um, I mean, he's from West Orange Stark. Texas has a deep connection there with, with guys like Earl Thomas, um, having played there, Dion Beasley. So um, I think you know. Uh, again, I know people hate when kids say it's a dream school and then and all that, but I think in this case, um, you know, that Texas offer weighs pretty heavy for Shaw. Yeah, absolutely. I got to meet Jamal uh, at the uh, Shock Doctor tournament in Houston a couple weekends ago. We, we talked about that not too long ago here on the pod. And um, he said when he got the phone call from Bo Davis with the offer, he said he almost cried on the phone. So definitely doesn't hide his excitement about Texas. He's going to let his process play out a little bit. But I think Texas is the runaway favorite at this point as well. It just kind of comes down to how hard Texas pushes. But at this point, I don't see why they shouldn't push that hard. Harker Heights offensive lineman Jaden Chapman, again, a Kyle Flood first to offer, um, just like Kojo. Um, and and there's a lot of cautious optimism with that pick. You know, I think that um, – I think Texas is in a good spot. He's a Central Texas prospect. They were the first to offer. He's been to campus several times. I think his family wants him to stay close, and so I think that all of those things bode well for Texas, but I think that Alabama kind of looms in this recruitment, and if Alabama really puts the hammer down and pushes, you know, we saw last year kind of with Jamarian Miller that, like, sometimes all those other factors don't matter uh, when Nick Saban decides to really, uh, you know, put it in. So I, I think um, right now I've got a confidence level of five. I think Texas is – is probably the favorite, um, but I can't go a lot higher because of that Alabama factor. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. The The Alabama offer definitely makes things interesting, but uh, Texas being the first to offer during the season last year and then talking to him in the week after, uh, you know, he really likes what Texas has to offer. He likes what Kyle Flood has to offer. And of all five picks that you made yesterday, I think this is the one that should excite fans the most just because of the upside that Jaden Chapman has, uh, the development that he still has to go, yet he's already really strong uh, on the outside as a tackle. I think he has a little bit of versatility, too. I think he could slip inside if he wanted to. He's a, he's, he's a fun prospect at the next level. I think he's going to be a game changer. Uh, my next one was Samu Tom, Tao Manu Pepe. I've said that name a hundred times in the last couple of days without having to uh, stutter over the last name. And here I am twice on the podcast stuttering over the last name. Samu Tao Manu Pepe, uh, the defensive lineman from Umbola Tascasita, played his senior or his uh, junior year at well over 400 pounds. Um, he's a big man. What I was told is he's down to around 380 at this point. Um, uh, Tamanu Pepe visited Texas, uh, I think, uh, two weeks ago. And Texas kind of has the jump on the competition there. If you look at the offers, aside from Oregon, you know, Texas is probably like, the, you know, the highest level one uh, he has. So th those two programs are probably, you know, going to get a good look from him. Um, Bo Davis is, is uh, invested in this one, and it feels like Bo has – a guy each and every year he kind of picks out last year. It was Chris Ross. Um, that's like his guy. I think that, that Tom on is kind of emerging is that they want big bodies, especially going to the sec. And, and, and that's him. So Samu is, uh, is a guy that can kind of clog the middle and, and play that nose. I think it's early. And I think that there, there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of moving pieces, especially on the defensive line. So this one could be one that changes down the line. But right now, I, I, I like where Texas stands. Yeah, I agree. I remember when Samu first uh, burst onto the scene as a freshman, uh, we were all hearing about this uh, 380-400-pound um, defensive lineman at Atascacita that's really athletic, and uh, he backs it up in the weight room as well. And then uh, finally being able to see him in person was surely a treat last year as well. So uh, you know, Texas throwing out that offer and prioritizing him at this point in his recruitment, uh, definitely a good sign if they want to bring him in. Like you said, big bodies in the SEC will do great wonders for that transition. So uh, we'll see if Bo Davis can secure one. And then Avion Carter, the defensive lineman from Amarillo, Tuscosa. I, I just feel like Texas kind of took a lead in that recruitment back in the fall. Uh, you talk about another big body, another guy that, that has an SEC-type frame uh, that they can add up front. Um, it, I talked to, uh, some people near him. It sounds like he's trying to get there in March, but if he doesn't make it in March, he's definitely planning for the spring game at this point. Um, visit Texas a number of times. I, I just think that they kind of made a move last fall and, uh, can, you know, really build on that this, uh, this spring. Absolutely. And talking to a couple of sources out in West Texas, Texas is definitely in a really good spot with AVR Carter. They have been since, about the mid-fall, like you said, um, you know, I, I think the the harder Texas pushes, the more lead, the, the more lead they they begin to grow. Um, he's he's a huge body. You want to talk about big bodies? He's a guy that's kind of filled out really well. Um, six six. Uh, I forget what his weight is right now, but just a really huge prospect. He he stands over everybody. Um, maybe needs to translate that uh, that size into a little bit more physicality, but it's definitely possible given his intangibles. Um, I think he's going to be a fun project at the next level. And uh, as I see it right now, Texas is doing a really good job in trying to get him to Austin. 
All right. On the current picks I had in, Ashton Porter, JV and Taviano, and uh, Ruben Owens, all, I had all three committed, or I'm sorry, picked to Texas. Um, Porter, I mean, Porter feels like uh, probably the best bet to uh, end up in this class out of that group. I mean, he's just, uh, I don't know. I've been, it's, I've almost been waiting on the Ashton Porter commitment, uh, you know, just every week at this point, it feels like. Uh, I, I think Texas is in that kind of shape. Taviano, we've talked about early on in his recruitment, really loved what Texas was doing. Last fall, we dropped our confidence scores because it sounded like Oklahoma was really surging. I think that trip to junior day really helped for JV and Taviano. Texas is very much back in that race. Um, so I'm not going to raise the confidence scoring thing, but I do uh, kind of like, I think I do think it's trending back up. And then Ruben Owens, we've talked about week after week. I think that, you know, in the end, Texas will be a major factor. So leaving all three of those crystal balls on Texas. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, uh, what was the first one? Uh, Ashton Porter. Um, yeah, I talked to Ashton a couple of weeks ago at that same uh, – or it wasn't at the NLA camp. It was at the underclassman report camp where he came away with the defensive line MVP and an invite to the Under Armour game. But uh, uh, talk to him. He's going to just slow his process down, um, take, a, take a couple of visits, take a few visits. Uh, Arkansas is another school that's up there he wants to see. Uh, but Texas, I think, will be in the thick of it towards the end. He's uh, he's really just trying to make sure he does his due diligence and you know seeing some other programs. But I also really like where Texas is at. But maybe wait a couple of months on that one if if you're a fan waiting uh, to see when the next commitment would happen. Um, Taviano, you mentioned you know last spring we felt really good. We threw in those crystal balls. Uh, we thought you know maybe that recruitment could close down pretty quickly. Um, it slowed down, and you know other schools made a push. Uh, and now that I was, as we sit here in March of 2022, you know, Texas is in that race. I really like where Oregon is at, uh, Texas A&M um, and Alabama. That's just going to be a crowded race all the way around. But as you said, I think Texas worked their way back into the picture after the junior day visit. Definitely a strong visit experience for him. Um, and then the last one, Ruben Owens, like you said, we've talked it on the, on the pod many times. I, Texas is going to be in the thick of it regardless, but it's going to be a heavyweight battle. Uh, Texas A&M, USC, Georgia. Alabama, those are going to be the schools that are going to be heavily involved. So uh, definitely not a uh, um, a look a pushover recruitment for sure. Here's a couple of guys I'm getting warmer on, getting closer to crystal balls on. I'll just hit them quick. Lafayette Kaway, the tight end from Arlington, Sam Houston. Um, I think Texas has been able to establish a lot of position there. Uh, I am wary of North Carolina, though. He's got family in that area. Uh, I believe he's got a parent in that area. And, um, you know, Mac Brown's a good recruiter. We all know that. So um, watch North Carolina in that one. Uh, Connor Stroh from Frisco Wakeland. Um, you know, I, I think – Again, Texas was first to offer. They've done a lot to get out in front on this offensive line recruiting stuff. But, you know, there's a couple of other schools that I think intriguing. Arkansas is one of them. Uh, Stanford just offered yesterday. I could see them becoming a player. Um, so I think uh, in, in many ways, Connor Stroh reminds me of Cole Hudson, who was also from Frisco, that I think he's going to end up at Texas. But right now he's going to play his process out. Uh, Kyle Parker from uh, Lovejoy. Uh, Talked about that a lot, too. Um, I just think, uh, you know, in the end, Brennan Marion gets his guy. But uh, schools like Louisville and Arkansas are two programs to, to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, Jordan Matthews is probably, I, I said, probably the safest bet uh, for Texas to land an out-of-state prospect in this class. Getting a lot warmer on him. Uh, there are some is some competition coming from LSU and Texas A&M, so I'm going to hold off. Jonah Wilson, uh, the wide receiver from Decaney, who Texas offered during the winter, I think that they're 
putting themselves in a really good position for. Um, he's coming in in March, uh, kind of be his first visit, uh, you know, during this part of the cycle uh, to Austin. I, I think coming out of that trip, I could see myself putting a pick in, just didn't do it yet. Uh, Braylon Shelby, the edge prospect from Friendswood, uh, who Texas offered at the junior day. Um, I think uh, I think this is another case where I could put a crystal ball in in the near future. I just want to, I'd like to see Braylon get back to campus. I'd like to do a little more digging and talk to a couple more people, but I think Texas is, is in a good spot there. And then Freddie Dubose, a 2024 prospect from shirts Clemens at wide receiver, um, you know, talking to him at, at, at junior day, he was uh, kind of, you know, really excited when, when he got the offer, I think he lives down the street in, in shirts. Um, he said many times about, you know, staying close to home so his mom could watch him. I think Texas made a, a really good early impact there. Yeah, those are a lot of, you know, really good uh, identifiers as far as guys that are, you know, starting to get really warm on Texas. Uh, I'll touch on a couple. I, and you could just kind of look at the, the whole picture. There's a lot of schools that Arkansas is also involved with, which is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, particularly interesting. I don't feel like Texas has had a ton of recruiting battles with Arkansas and, you know, recent classes, especially, you know, this many in one class. So uh, that, that's definitely a testament to Sam Pittman and the recruitment job he's been able to do uh, at Arkansas in his first couple of years. But um, And I'll say which, this. When they have been in, in like high profile battles, they've usually come out on the losing end. Um, so, unless it was um, Keytron Jackson, that's what I mean. Texas has come out on. The oh, I see what you're saying. I, see, oh, you I thought you were talking about Arkansas. So, if you yeah, take about Keytron Jackson absolutely. and Jalen Catalan and guys like that, yeah. like Arkansas's got them a couple times. So, yeah, you know, we'll absolutely. See. You uh, you mentioned Braylon Shelby and, and Connor Stroh. I'll touch on those as well. Uh, you know, Connor Stroh, once again, that was another one that, um, uh, Kyle Flood identified and threw out an offer to first. Uh, I believe he was also offered during a, a game visit. Um, you know, I talking to him and his family, they really like, you know, Texas. They really like where, where they're at with Texas, but they also really like where they're at with Arkansas. You mentioned Stanford. That was also one that I saw yesterday on the Twitter timeline that I was like, okay, I could see, you know, Stanford getting involved for him. Um, you know, David Shaw just does a really good job with connecting with, you know, high academic kids. And, you know, Connor Shaw certainly is that. Um, and Braylon Shelby, a really athletic edge uh, out of Friendswood. I love what he brings to the table. I think he's a nasty, filthy player off the edge. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, probably better than his uh, three-star composite ranking at this point. Um, a really, a really strong player. You know, Texas being able to throw that offer to, out to him on Junior Day that was huge. Uh, if they can capitalize on that and you know move that forward with some. Uh, with some momentum and get him in the class. That would be awesome. And you mentioned uh, Freddie Dubose, the 2024 wide receiver. Oddly enough, there's more commits in the 2024 class than there is in the 2023 class uh, as it sits right now. So uh, if Dubose could be the third one here in the next uh, few months, that sure would be, you know, an oddity. But, um, you know, I think he's he's really strong. I, some, someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, and I'd have to fact check it, fact check this if this is completely correct uh but it was something that shirts clemens only had 13 or 14 touchdowns last year and dubose accounted for eight or nine of them uh so the production is certainly there um and uh he's a big tall lengthy uh receiver i'd like to see him work on drops a little bit but he has a ton of time to work on that i think he's going to be a monster at the next level all right if you're listening on the podcast right now we're going to take a very small break and you're going to hear from some of our sponsors 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, guys, I'm cooling off on a little bit um, that maybe I had high previously. Chris Paul Freeman, the wide receiver from Fort Worth All Saints Episcopal. Derek Williams, the safety from uh, Westgate in New Iberia, Louisiana. Mikel Harrison, pilot in Temple at Temple. Uh, TJ Shanahan and Colton Vosick, the prospects from Austin Westlake. Um, with Paul Freeman, you know, it's really just I think the wide receiver picture is extremely crowded right now. There was a time where I thought he'd easily kind of be part of this class, but uh, there's a lot of moving parts to the wide receiver position. I don't know, um, you know, kind of if Texas is going to – I think they're going to be picky um, with where they go at receiver. And so uh, I just kind of would say my stock is a little down on him. Derek Williams, I think, you know, he's visited Texas a couple times. They'd obviously love to have a, a – safety of his level i think that they're in it i think that they'll probably get a visit um but i just think that they've got some work to do to overcome like lsu and alabama after talking to some sources in louisiana about it um Mikhail harrison pilot that's a weird one uh I, I just i don't think either side has ever shown um enough to each other you know to to feel good about it. i think uh Mikhail has been like pretty dialed in on uh, some other schools kind of nationally um, and, and, you know, not afraid to get out of the state. So I just, I, I, I don't quite see it unless Texas turns up the intensity there. Uh, TJ Shanahan at Westlake, I think is a guy Kyle Flood would love to have, but I think A&M made a really good impression beating Alabama while he was on a visit last year. Um, I, I, I think they've got some time, but I, I just, my stock is kind of cooling on him. And then Colton Vosick, I, I, I would still say sitting here today, I think Colton Vosick ends up at Texas, but this is not going to be the cinch recruitment people thought it was uh, for a Texas legacy like Vosick. I think he is really enjoying the attention he's getting from national programs. I think he's getting around and, uh, you know, even when we talked to him at junior day, um, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, I, I'm glad to get this offer, but I'm going to really take my time with this process and I'm truly wide open. And I think that's the case. So uh, not that I don't think Texas will get him. I do think it'll be a fight though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, touching on a couple of those, I can start with Mikhail Harrison pilot, you know, being a local prospect, not too far North and temple. Uh, he, it just hasn't really seemed like he's had a ton of interest in Texas from the very beginning. Um, Notre Dame and Michigan, those are some schools that caught his early attention. Uh, but in-state schools like Baylor and TCU, I feel like have done, you know, a, a little bit of better job, you know, working their way up to the, the top contenders list for him. Um, that being said, he's he's still coming in for multiple visits. Um, he came in back in January. I could see him return and here in the month of March. 
um, him and Braylon James have been kind of taking some visits together. So that's kind of a, a pair to watch. Um, and Braylon James mentioned to me a couple weeks ago, you know, he's kind of wait, waiting to see how the uh, Texas class shakes out and, you know, who jumps in. So maybe that could be a case with Mikhail Harrison pilot as well. Um, you mentioned Derek Williams, uh, safety out of Louisiana. You know, Texas was able to get him on campus a couple of times last year. Wasn't able to bring him back in January uh, for junior day. So, um, you know, getting him back on campus is going to be crucial uh, here in the in the last year of his recruitment. Um, trying to think of the last one you mentioned, Colton Vosick. Uh, obviously, a, a really athletic edge. A lot of you know Texas fans really wanted um, you know Texas to offer right after the state championship. They did uh, on junior day. Uh, but, you know, letting his process play out is probably the smart thing, you know, see, see what he has uh, to offer around the country. And, um, you know, I, I could see Texas at least securing an official visit out of the situation. And, you know, as you said, I could see Texas still potentially grabbing him in the class, but um, he's definitely going to slow down his process and evaluate his options. There's a difference with a guy like Vosick versus like Connor Robertson, right? Like last year I talked to Connor Robertson when he got offered and he wanted to tell me he was wide open, but you could tell, like, it, okay, this is going to be pretty, I think, pretty easy for Texas. Yeah, I, I don't get that feeling at all from Bosick. So um, I do think he is he's really open in that. Um, all right, so that's the Crystal Ball article. We, we had it up on the website, so you can uh, read more in depth there. Um, I think what's interesting to me this year is – you may like you mentioned it earlier. Texas has more commits in the 2024 class than they do in the 2023 class. I think that right now, while they're not turning away commitments, they're not necessarily pushing for early commitments because I think we saw last year guys like Evan Stewart, Armani Winfield committing early and then the staff having to really hold on to them all year long. And I think that these early commitments often turn into decommitments uh, anymore. That's just kind of the, the way it goes. So um, I think more what their strategy is, is get them in now, build on that to get them back in the late spring or summer for an official, and then really try to close mid to late summer going into the fall and really build the, the core of their class there. Um, so I don't want people to get kind of antsy with where this class stands. I think this is kind of the, the strategy moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the numbers from last year, they took, I believe it was 26 or 27 in the class. And moving forward to here in the 2023 class, they're not going to have the luxury of taking that many guys this year. So um, that also gives you the luxury of not having to push for early commitments. You know, if we look to see where this 2022 class was this time last year, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I believe we had Ar Armani Winfield in the class, Malik Murphy, Travell Johnson. Um, I believe Jadon Blue and BJ Allen were potentially in the class by now as well. If, if not, mm -hmm. it's, it was in the coming weeks. Um, and they were already working towards getting a few guys before the, uh, the, the June dead period opened. So, um, you know, it was this kind was, of a dire uh, This was right around the time Evan Stewart decommitted. That's true. Yeah, um, I forgot about Evan. Uh, and Evan, yeah, Evan committed before BJ. So yeah, BJ would have been in the class. Um, and this, I Evan decommitted Under Armour weekend last year. So yeah, that's um, right. Okay. Um, and it was more of a dire situation to bring in guys. I think last year to get some momentum going, especially with the the talent they were able to bring in early on. I think it's just different in the 2023 class for a couple of reasons. A, there's not as much top end talent in the state of Texas in the 2023 class. I mean, sure. If Ruben Owens or John Tay Cook, you know, called Steve Sarkeesian today and wanted to commit, I'm sure they would let it, let them in the class. Um, but kind of looking around the the entire you know picture, I don't think they're really pushing hard for anybody else at this point. Um, you know, there are still other guys on the table. You know, I feel like if Avion Carter hit up 
you know, the staff today trying to commit, I'm sure he'd be able to jump in. But it's just it's not as much of a situation as it was last year where, you know, they were really trying to get some early commits on board. They're letting things kind of breathe and play out. And, you know, I think in the summer, I think that's when you could really see a lot of momentum, uh, you know, happen for Texas, kind of similar to what happened in the summer of 2019 uh, with all those commits that happened within like a week period. Who knows? We could probably see that again. And because of that big number they took last year, they do have to be more choosy this year. So I think that's yeah. that kind of plays into the strategy as well. Um, we'll see a lot of these guys this weekend at the Under Armour uh, camp in Dallas. I think uh, it, it feels like it's been just slow kind of stop start stuff and recruiting uh, recently. Um, and, uh, you know, this feels like kind of the, the go part of our spring with uh, Under Armour and then two seven on seven tournaments in a row in Dallas coming up. And then we kind of jump into April where spring football starts. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm kind of ready to go. Like I've, I've been sitting around twiddling my thumbs the last couple <laughs> weeks. So, um, all right, uh, Nick, this is Nick's last show with us. Um, yeah. And he's got an announcement to make and I'm going to let him make the announcement and then I'll say what I got to say afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. I have um, um, this will be my last week with twenty four seven sports. This is my last uh, uh, podcast here on the state of recruiting. Um, man, it's it's. I've been kind of thinking of what to say for the last couple of weeks since I knew it was going to happen, and I, I really don't have a ton to say. But definitely wanted to thank everybody for you know listening, especially on this podcast. I feel like we were able to grow it and really you know make it a thing. Um, you know, coming in, I had very little podcast experience. And I remember the first podcast that I tried to do, I think I tried to record it on my phone and it only came in through like one headphone and it was a really janky experience. And now look at where we are, you know, streaming here on StreamYard and it's super seamless and it, it couldn't have made that possible without Taylor Estes. So thank you for Taylor uh, for all of that. But um, also just thank you to the entire Horns 247 staff, especially Mike for, you know, taking the chance on me, taking the opportunity to you know, give me, uh, you know, a lot of learning lessons along the way. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm really ready to, you know, excel in this industry. And I don't, I don't think it'd be possible without the, the great people that I've worked with in the past couple of years. So thank you, Mike. And thank you to everybody there. But um, uh, I'll be having an announcement on Monday on, uh, you know, where I'll be headed. But for now, I just wanted to spend these couple of days, you know, thanking everybody and really appreciating the uh, experience I've had at 24 seven. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the future holds. When I hired Nick, and Nick, you can tell me, tell the people if I'm if I'm lying. I told yeah. you, you're not you're not going to be around here very long, <laughs> and that's just kind of the the essence of this role. If you do well, we're a big enough platform that you can get promoted. Um, and would I love to have Nick around forever? Yes, I would love to have Nick around forever. He's invaluable to what I do. I mean, he's um, he's he's improved my day to day so much just helping you know with with things here and there and taking things off my plate. But it's kind of like coaching. It's a coaching tree. Like you want your assistants to get promoted. So uh, super happy for Nick. Um, he's he's moving on to something that uh, I think will fit him really well. I think that he's done a great job since he's been here. He's worked his butt off. Um, he's learned the business as well as he could from from my end. And, um, you know, I only know how to teach it one way. And uh, I kind of taught him my way. So, um, you know, I think he'll he'll continue to do well and i think we're going to have a really quality replacement uh, i agree for, i wanted to me. mention that as well yeah. I, i'm really excited about the replacement so um that that announcement will come i think this week actually so um we will uh we'll get to that and 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 that person will be on the podcast next week probably uh but uh we wanted to say farewell to you nick and uh you know we maybe our paths will cross one day again 
if the stars align, hopefully so, God willing. All right. Well, we want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, we want to thank all of you for playing along and, and uh, interacting with the show, giving us ideas. Uh, thank you to Taylor Estes for producing this. Thank you to Nick for all your hard work over the years. For Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We'll see you guys next week. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.